Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's been an odd, slow-developing market for whatever reason. Every year has sort of a different sort of feel to it. I'll tell you, last night at dinner, Raquel and Brez and AC and... Eddie and I and a few others got a FaceTime from Dustin Pedroia and he reminded us who's still out there on the market and what opportunities might be out there. So we appreciated that perspective from Petey. Any, any talk of acting on any of his advice? <laughs> he, uh, he was very clear about his feelings. Sam Kennedy earlier in the week on Dustin Pedroia. Who called who? I feel like we got to the bottom of that yesterday Liar. when Rob Bradford joined us here on Jones and Mego with Arkan on WEEI. Uh, not quite the cool name drop Pedroia reference that maybe Sam Kennedy thought he was getting at. Uh, we'll get into that with all your phone calls here today at 617-779-7937. lot to get to on the show. Uh, Gerard Mayo scheduled to talk to the media today along with all the Patriots coordinators. Alex Van Pelt, we'll hear from him for the first time. Demarcus Covington. What's the special teams guy's name? Springer? Yeah. Jeremy Springer. Springer? We'll hear from him, too. Jerry uh, Springer. What is it? Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, exactly. Uh, so we have Mayo at 3 o'clock. We'll see what we play from the other guys. Uh, of course, triple play, Meg's planning, bet roulette, all that good stuff. We'll start with the Red Sox here today. Uh, are they worthy of your time? this season and I think it's a pretty clear no whether or not they're worthy of your time but I want to hear from you on the phones I want to hear from Mego and Arcand as well they're not acting like uh they're going for anything or involved in anything the manager doesn't want to be there the players don't want to be there uh so I just want to see what that number is uh and I'm curious to hear your thoughts I'm also curious what it would take to get you interested in this season and the Red Sox to be worthy of your time uh, so all that's available for you to discuss here today. Uh, but, Mega, are the Red Sox worthy of your time this year? So I'll put it this way. Are they worthy of your full, undivided attention? Like, what did they do this offseason that they should have that? They dumped sales contract. They pissed off Kenley Jansen. Uh, they pretended like they FaceTime or like Dustin Pedroia FaceTimed them. They actually FaceTimed him. Uh, they ignore Jordan Montgomery, who, as we said, is just in the greater Boston area seemingly at all times. Uh, they went and got a pitching prospect, traded one of their pitchers for that, and then also got an injured guy uh, for somewhere in the future. And they put out a press release about Theo Epstein. Like, other than that, I, I don't really know what they did. When you so put I'll, it like that, it's really not much. I'll put it this way. Not your full undivided attention. I think the best way to experience this team is on the radio. Listen to them while you're doing other stuff because they don't deserve your full undivided attention. Hey, you know what? You can catch them streaming on the Odyssey app. You, you can catch them on WEEI. About that. 
listen to baseball while you're doing other stuff, okay? <laughs> That's the only way to take in the team this year, other than maybe reading some Rob Bradford. Other than that, is pleasure. that's the only way you can experience this team while you're, you know, noodling around with your car, doing some work around the house, maybe cleaning up your landscaping a little bit. That's a great time. That's that's how you should experience baseball. They don't deserve anything more. Okay. Odyssey app, Mego says. Arkan? I agree with Mego that it's uh, background noise at this point. I think in general when the Red Sox are don't have a great offseason and an offseason you're not, you know, too sure about, you you care in the first couple of months, and then by the time you get to June, July, you know if you're still if you're still invested, then that's a good thing. I think people have divested from this team now. Like I think even at this point, there's not that many signings they could even make that's going to get fans back interested. I think that so much damage has been done here just in uh, the last couple of months that it's going to be very hard to kind of get that interest back and get that attention back. So until they until they make some sort of effort to do so. I don't think they're worthy of the time. They're not. They're not putting the effort in to be worthy of the time. So what? What you know? What possible reason would there be to go out there and watch the team unless they shock everybody and you know have some crazy run and then everyone's going to get invested and we'll forget all about this? But in the absence of that, if they continue to go the way they're going, no, they're not worthy of your time. So I agree with you guys. You know, I mean, maybe if you want it on in the background, and certainly if they if they're better than we think, then people will invest. Can you believe it? But right now, no, no. Of course not. No. And most of you agree you're already voting at Jones and Mego. Uh, you continue to vote there. Are the Red Sox worthy of your time? Dial us up. 617-779-7937. I want to play you something Rob Bradford told us late in the show yesterday. Bradford colon, I give up. <laughs> Bradford's colon has even given up on the Red Sox this year, uh, along with everybody else. So he joins us every Tuesday at 430. He's worth listening to for this reason. The Red Sox told you. We played you Sam Kennedy right off the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustin reached out to us. FaceTime with us. And, you know, he, he, he's so invested. He's telling us what to do this offseason, which wasn't a great look. But it's even worse when you hear Bradfoe's side of the story, Pedroia's uh, version of the events. Uh, here's what he had to say. My interpretation was immediately was he dislikes hitching the wagon to Pedroia. Here's a little known reality about that whole situation. They called Pedroia. It wasn't like Pedroia like called in and said, "Hey guys, hey, what's up? I'm, I want to tell you what's what." They had called Pedroia, and I think that the the overall theme was, "Hey, Dustin, are you going to come here?" And he's like, "No, I, I got other things to do." But why I have you on the line? Boom! Here it is. Like here's the hammer. So. They're not worth Dustin Pedroia's time. Like, that's a guy who may have a vested interest in the Red Sox and how they look and how it looks since he's gone. They made it sound like he called them. He was interested in the team. He's not. They bothered him working out in Arizona or wherever he is, coaching his kid. They bothered him. They wasted his time. Hey, you want to get involved with the Red Sox? Hell no, I don't want to get involved. But maybe spend some money and then come talk to me. They're not worth Dustin Pedroia's time. No, they're not worth my investment right now. Jones. Just really quick, do you know how delusional that makes the Red Sox look? That they think that the Red Sox, that all the inaction that they're taking is somehow like splashed all over get up on ESPN or something. So Pedroia's like, man, I got to call Sam Kennedy and tell give him the what's what, you know? Like, no, that's I- it. Nobody believes that. Nobody thinks that's what's happening. People are just, the real fans are just pissed off at you because you're not doing anything and not giving them anything real to look forward to with this season. And they're sitting here going, 
okay, so now I don't even know about these prospects and when I'm supposed to be excited. And you're pretending like Dustin Pedroia has absolutely no life, that he's so fired up about what you're not doing that he's calling. He's like, hey, fellas. I'm surprised he answered. A few others got a FaceTime from Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, we got they a FaceTime. They called Pedroia. From yeah, no. So, 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 you know, somebody is being less than truthful. I, I don't know who you guys out there believe. I know who I believe. It's not Sam Kennedy. It's not the Red Sox. It's not the Globe. Uh, it's Rob Bradford. And we're biased, but that's who I believe on this one. Uh, and, yeah, no, they're not worthy of it. But I'll tell you, if they have a good start to the year, I'll invest just like everybody else. But I think that's where a lot of fans really, truly are at. And this is what I said about Robert Kraft a few weeks ago. And I feel the same way about the Red Sox. You got to win me. You got to win me over. You got to win me back. You got to sell me with your play on the field. That's the only thing that's going to get people to invest. Right now, no one is invested. And rightfully so. And when I say no one, I don't just mean fit. John Henry is not invested. The ownership Literally. group is not invested. The They're players. Not, yeah, the players don't want to be there. The manager wants out. The owner won't spend. Why on earth do you think the fans are going to give two craps about the team? So they better get off to a good start. And I'm not wagering on them getting off to a good start. I don't think they will. And if they have a good April, what does that mean? I don't know. 500-ish? They're somewhat entertaining to watch? Like, I don't even know what that means. But if they have a good April, they'll win people over to a degree. But that's the they have to win people back maybe people watch opening day and then from there when are people tuning in and investing until they know the team's worth investing in because right now the way they've acted this offseason is shameful it's embarrassing and it's not just us like I knew this would be a bloodbath but this to me is a tool uh right now the early results and there's a ton of votes continue to vote 84 percent which I think is low 84 percent say the Red Sox are not Worthy of your time. We have some voter fraud. I just want to alert you that, uh, well, it's more of an error uh-huh. that at least one user said F. I, <laughs> I voted yes by accident. Had a fat finger I saw on that the yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so it's actually probably a touch higher. Stop the count. 84%. And I'm surprised it's that low. Like, they don't think the Red Sox are worth investing in. Their time. Wasting their time on, to put it another way. So I just hope John Henry sees stuff like that. I, I don't Me know. Too. I don't know that he would care, but I hope John Henry sees stuff like that. That eighty-four percent of your fan base is like, you're not, you're not worth a second of my time, and I hope ownership sees that. And that that's the kind of stuff that will hopefully get them to change. Uh, I feel like people have been talking this way for a while. I've been talking this way for a while, but that's the kind of thing that hopefully gets them to change. Eighty-four percent, seventeen out of twenty, uh, don't care and won't care like that. That should rattle most owners i don't know that it's going to wake this one up yeah and listen i mean that rattles me i the fact that we're even rattles. discussing this and that we have to get here it's rattling me homes right now but like it's not we're the flagship station of the red sox obviously people say oh wow well, you're the flagship station why are you trying to get people not to watch it's not that we're trying to do that no 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 listen we're, while you ref- do other things we're reflecting in in sort of holding up the mirror here to what the fans are thinking and it's like you know, these are the type of things. I don't like this. This isn't good for us. not good for us in general. It's not good for the city. It's not good for the team or anything. It's better when the Red Sox are interesting. It just is. It's better in the summer. It uh, makes the months go by better. And when you have a pennant race, that's great. You know, like that's really like a, a fun sports thing in the city. And it has been my whole life. But if you if you're going to give this little attention to the team and everybody's going to be this disengaged, you can't expect the fans to not reflect that back to you. No. 
And Ryan makes a good point. I forgot they start on the West Coast this year to boot. Their first 10 games are in Oakland and Seattle, and they see the Angels. So, like, good luck. It's 10-10 first pitch, 9-40 first pitch. You could be coming back to a, a Fenway opening day, and you could be, like, 3-7. and seven. Yeah, and at that point, and what, your fan base is definitely already out of it. What chance do you have of winning them back over? So, you know, I mean, there are still players out there. We talk about the pitching a lot, but, like, you could sign Cody Bellinger. You know, you could bring in guys like that. I don't think they're going to. And look, I don't think a, a dumb little show poll is going to win them over either. But I feel like ownership should at some point. Uh, look, I asked Bradford yesterday, did they hear it? He's like, absolutely, they hear it. They don't care. At some point, a number like that really has to jump out to you. 85% of your fans say, no, you're not worth investing in. Uh, so what do you guys think? 617-779-7937. It's not all Red Sox today. So if you want to talk Red Sox, get in early here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. We will play Gerard Mayo live at 3 o'clock. When he hits the podium, first time he's talked in a while. I think that's worth listening to. Here live on WEEI, of course, triple play. We have Meg Splaining at 5.30 and Bet Roulette as well. Some picks for tonight at 5.45. Uh, are the Red Sox making any progress with their young players? We know they're not signing any free agents. We know they're not spending in free agency. Are they making any progress with their young players? We heard from Tristan Cassis the other day. That was a no. Uh, let's hear what Brian Bayo had to say right after trending with Christian Arkin. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of Jones and Mego on W-E-E-I. Everybody knows what they're lacking. And um, at the end of the day, I feel like um, there's no secrets anymore here with this organization. You got guys like uh, Pedroia, you know, FaceTiming with uh, Sam Kennedy and Alex Cora. You know, hey, what the hell is going on? So, and now you got Devers saying something. So, you know, I feel like sometimes, man, when, when, when you have a front office, that is trying to uh, turn it around, you sometimes got to listen to the guy that is there that you signed for a long time. It's Jonathan Papelbon discussing the state of the Red Sox. He doesn't have it quite right. Pedroia didn't reach out and FaceTime the Red Sox. They reached out to FaceTime him, and he gave him a piece of their mind. As we found out yesterday here on Jones and Mega with Arkin on WEEI. He does say at the end, you got to listen to 
the player that's here for a long time. I, I assume he's talking about Devers there. Ryan, you're making a face. You don't think that's who he's talking about? I, you think he was talking about Pedroia still? I think he was still talking about Pedroia. Okay, interesting. Well, let's extrapolate the idea then. If you think he was talking about Pedroia, I kind of took that as Devers. But Devers is signed now for a long time. And he came out yesterday. We played you the clip a bunch. He came out yesterday and said, we all know what needs to be done. And so this is why we ask you today at Jones and Mego uh, on Twitter, are the Red Sox worthy of your time this year? 85% of you say no. We all say no. I don't know who in their right mind says, yeah, this team is worthy of it. Put it on in the background. Pop it on the Odyssey app. You'll probably watch opening day. And then unless they show they're better than we think on the field, what's the point? Oh, well, you can see their bums in those see-through pants. (laughs) I did see these new uniforms, which Good these point, Megan. These baby baseball players are already belly aching about. They're see through. Okay. <laughs> they look. You, they look terrible. Okay. Do you I want mean, to wear really transparent pants around? I mean, I don't know. Not really, but wear some tights under them or something like that. Like, what do you want me to say? So I don't know. Get opaque pants. Yeah, I mean, it's baby baseball players will cry about anything. Stitch that closer together. They, even if they weren't see through, they'd find something to cry about. They're all babies, and so the owner doesn't care. The manager doesn't want to be there. The players are pissed off at ownership. I don't get why fans would feel the team is worthy of their time. And so you need an about face from this organization. And I just hope things like the players popping off, Cora taking direct shots, I think, at ownership, um, Theo being there, and even, you know, the fans being vocal about how much this sucks. I I hope that's the kind of thing that changes their opinion, but, you know, John Henry was booed last year at Winter Weekend. The only thing that changes is he stopped showing up. Right. You know, he didn't change his actions. He didn't change how he handles the team. He just said, well, screw this. I'm not going to this anymore. No, he anymore. just went further into hiding. Right. Now he doesn't even email anybody. That's, that's all that changed. All that changed is he said, oh, I'm just going to hide even more. It, it's not like he decided to spend more money on his team. He's spending less. So I thought, I, w- I was thinking about this yesterday. We got this text on the text line here where someone said, I'm of the age where I'm never going to get overly frustrated or give up on John Henry because of what the ownership brought to this fan base. And I just wonder, like, I I respect that some people have that opinion of John Henry, and I can understand the emotional tie to it, but how long, like, do you just then have a lifetime approval rating of the owner? Like, at some point, do you look over and go, well, for the past five years, is five years too short of an amount of time for what John Henry gave you? Like, I'm asking sincerely when we're talking about well, who does the, it sound like we're talking the about? 15% who are saying, yeah, they're worthy of my undivided attention. Who I love the Who does it sound Red like Sox. we're talking about? Bill. Thank you. It sounds like we're talking about Belichick. And, you know, we can debate who had more to do with, with championships. I'm sure most people would say Bill. But that sounds like we're talking about Belichick. It's like, well, I mean, how can you fire him? And how can you move? How could you quit on him? Look at all that he did. And so to me, that's the same logic. And I just, I don't subscribe to that level of logic. That's me personally. It's like, well, no, you were, you were good. And you were good when you had Tom Brady and you were good four years ago. Even if you don't want to say it was just all about Brady and it was, and Bill did nothing, but it's been four years. So what have you done for me lately? You know, same thing with this ownership group. If you want to give them 2021, go ahead and give them 2021 uh, where they, you know, got to the ALCS. They got hot at the right time. But for a championship, it's been longer than that. And I think it's a pretty easy line to draw in the sand, just like it was with Bill and Brady. They're spending or they're not. It's pretty black and white. I'm curious to fans how much they're feeding off of what they're hearing from the players. Because now in this week, you've had two different players in Kenley Jansen and in um, Raffi come out and say, 
Like, we need more. I'm not ha- essentially like I'm very frustrated here. And these are your highest profile players, which say something in itself about this clubhouse that we've talked about endlessly, that you need some star power. And it's not like what Craig Breslow said in his intro conference of like, hey, there's different kinds of stars like that line stuck with me because we should have known then they're not going to go out and sign anybody in free agency at all or make any trades for somebody that is a name that people recognize like Blake Snell. It's just, I, I wonder how much of that is like, it's not just that the expectations are low, but that they're hearing from within the clubhouse it, that their expectations are low. So how about this? Here's another way of looking at that. MLB.com posted their top 100 players. Okay, Ryan forwarded this. Now you're telling me, Ryan, the top 10 still hasn't been announced. No. So, so there's still a chance that we can get one of our guys in the top 10. possible Jones. the top 10 is chock full of Red Sox. That, that is possible. Chris Martin... Joe Jakes, <laughs> Yu Chang. The t- uh, he just signed in Tampa. I, think. Oh. I just I just saw he's no longer a Red Sox. Oh. Uh, MLB.com posted their top 100 players. Rafael Devers, your highest paid player, is 32. Mm. He was number 19 last year, so he's dropping. I mean, I, I'm sure when I saw this list last year, I'm like 19. That's not even star power. Now he's down to 32, coming off a very meh year. Uh, Tristan Cassis is 97. That's it. That's your, whole, that's, that's your whole top 100. I, yeah, I'm right in some ways. Like, I'm surprised Cassis is even in the top 100, but that's it. Two players. One barely snuck in at 97. The other dropped 13 yeah, spots from a year ago. Somebody has to be 97 in the top 100. Why not Tristan Cassis? <laughs> so, no, they don't have stars. They don't. And this is a market that, that needs stars. It's a sport that I think needs stars. And it's a market that needs stars. And the Red Sox don't have it. So I agree with the people out there. No, they're not worthy of it. They're not. Yeah. And so ha- I'm sorry. sorry. Just the cycle of it is, I think, part of it, too. I think that fans sort of feel beaten down by what's happened here. Because if you want young players, and we've talked about this before, if you want young players and that's what you're sort of focusing on, you have to show that you're committed to keeping them around. Uh, giving Devers that contract was fine. But everybody else got traded and oftentimes for pennies on the dollar. And that whole group that came up together, I mean, Devers, you managed to sort of salvage. But everybody else is out of here and they were moved on from in a way that really was mind-boggling to a lot of fans and that's the the point is that you know that just happened very recently if you're trying to sell us on a new crop of young players you have to you have to show us that you're not just going to wait until they get to be 27 years old and then you trade them so that you don't have to pay them big money because otherwise you know if these guys don't catch on at the major league level right away you're going to be dealing with that same stuff, and you're not going to get those early Mookie MVP years when he was 23 years old. That's rare. You don't get that very often. And you don't have those kind of prospects anyway. So it's like, you know, what's there to invest in? No, I agree. Uh, are the Red Sox worthy of your time? You can continue to vote. At Jones and Mego, 85% and rising say no. And I, I'm just curious what it would take to even get you on board. Like, what would it take for that 85%? You can answer this as well on the phones. What would it take to to get you to invest? Like, is a, is a strong April enough? Is a strong West Coast start enough so that they're, what, 500 by the time they come home for their home opener? How about bringing in someone else? Yeah, so that that to me seems like the one thing, but I don't, I don't think, as much as Red Sox fans are like, go sign Jordan Montgomery, go sign Blake Snell, sign Cody Bellinger, which you hear less, you really hear it with the pitchers, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know if that's enough. But it would help. It would oh, help. I think if you sign those two, it would help a lot. No, no, if you sign two of them, yeah. sure. Okay, maybe. That but would like, be a major signal. Okay. I know you say, like, at this point, if you just sign Jordan Montgomery, it doesn't actually signal anything to you about ownership changing the direction or how they're operating. If you sign both those guys, that would be a, 
I think, an enormous demonstration of you hearing the fan base. If you sign both, maybe you're a fourth-place team. So, like, I I don't know how this team gets your attention fourth back. Fourth place could be in the wild card. It could though, be. You know? I don't feel good about it. It could be. So, what would it get to reinvest? Uh, what would it take you, rather, uh, to reinvest? 617-779-7937. I mentioned Cora. I want to replay this because I thought this was good. Uh, here's what he had to say about the Red Sox. Hi, everybody. Hi, Cora. Uh, hi, Alex, I should say. Uh, here's what he had to say about the Red Sox and the trajectory of where they're going. We get criticized like every other organization. Kind of like, remember who you are. If you look at the, the body of work the last 20 years, you've been very successful. I don't care what people think. Uh, there's four rings to, to, to show it. So, yeah, you're always looking for a North Star or whatever, you know, trying to be like that and like this, whatever. Sometimes doing that, you forget who you are. And, you know, obviously for the players, the new players, um, probably they don't know what I'm talking about, but for the people that work here, that have been working for a while here, kind of like, remember who we are. Let's not forget that. I don't care what people think. Two last place finishes, all that. I mean, we, we're really good at what we do. And uh, I think we got to get back to that. Okay, so there's a lot there. we got to get back to that. To me, that means spending. When he talks about the North Star, Mego, you brought this up yesterday. He's talking about Houston, Atlanta, the Cubs. Build through the farm system, lower the payroll, tear it down to the studs, and try to compete that way. And that's not how they've won in this city. They've won by spending. And this goes back to something Ryan just dropped in with that top 100 list. Some of the names that are on there, Nathan Avaldi, 91. Xander Bogart's 53. Kyle Schwarber, 57. Uh, they haven't done the top 10 yet. Mookie hasn't been there. He's Mookie's got probably he's got to be in the top yeah, 10. It's a pretty good bet. So, like, look at the players that recently left that you chose not to pay who are littered all over that list and how different that would feel and how different that would look. And I think that's a lot of what Cora is saying there. I think it's what a lot of Red Sox fans feel. Absolutely. And on top of that, then you look at all the different lists, like you can pick out any list you want. They mostly say the same thing about the next era of what owner who ownership is hoping are going to be stars which are your prospects and they're so middling maybe they'll get up to the majors and they'll be totally different maybe they'll get up to the majors and they'll be Xander and Mookie and Raffy like but that's a big gamble for what you're putting your fan base through right now which is just being bottom of the barrel and not doing anything about it and increasingly as the off seasons progress doing less and less and less. We talked about this yesterday. You look at last year's offseason, like it looks like they went gangbusters compared to this. Yeah. Because you're not giving anybody anything. True. That's what Bradford said yesterday, and it blew my mind. I'm like, yeah, that is true. Like Jansen and Martin and, you know, uh, Duvall, Yoshida. Yoshida, Turner. You're like, wow, what a, what a great offseason that was. Spending those spree. Are, those were the salad days. Those were the good <laughs> old days where they were really spending compared to this offseason. I am Dombrowski over here. It's Giolito and nothing. Nothing except for injured guys who aren't going to pitch this year. Uh, so this dovetails in what Mego's talking about with the farm system dovetails in with something uh, Chris Cotillo wrote about today at Mass Live. And it's on the heels of Tristan Cassis turning them down for an extension. Uh, Cotillo found Brian Bayo and said, well, we're extension talks with you and the Red Sox. Uh, and in a conversation Wednesday morning at JetBlue Park, starter Brian Bayo and his agents uh, said they've been engaged in extension talks. That's good with the Red Sox in recent weeks, and that a deal may be close between the signs, uh, sides. rather, Asked if a deal was indeed close, Bayo, through a translator, responded, 
Plasamenos, which even I know, translates to more or less in English. He also responded, maybe, when asked if a deal could come together before the end of spring training. Bayo's hopefulness was evident during the conversation, even if details were scarce. He said his representatives have talked with front office members, quote-unquote, in the last few weeks. Quote, they've been talking to my agents. The agents have been the ones dealing with the team. Bayo said, I told them if we have a good offer, let me know. <laughs> I'm still looking at everything that's going on, but they're the ones who have taken care of that for me. Asked what he values in extension talks. Bayo said those conversations are ongoing. Quote, I don't know. I guess it's just not a lot of years, but something that'll be beneficial to both of us, for me and the team. I don't know what that'll look like. I got a modest way of saying I want a bunch of money. And when he says, I told them if we have a good offer, meaning his agents, to let me know, this is exactly like Cassis. So it's like, this is what I don't get with the Red Sox. And I think I really do get it. But what, what baffles me is they say, well, we're in a build mode, is what Kennedy said the other day. We're in a build mode. We're not spending on these free agents because we have this wave of young players. And now your wave of young players, and we can debate how good Cassis is. Top 100, barely, according to one list by MLB.com. Brian Bayo's not even on that list. We can talk about the farm system and how good those guys are. Do you want to keep those guys? It sounds to me like you're lowballing them. Tristan Cassis said, nah, I'm good. Brian Bayo says, I told my agents, let me know when they have a good offer. They're lowballing these guys. So, like, at least if they were locking up their young talent, you'd go, all right, there's a plan there. What, what is this plan? To not sign free agents, lowball all of your quote-unquote good young players, and just wait for your middling prospects to come up? That's your plan? How long do they stick with this strategy of we're going to put this horrible offer in front of every single young guy? Or just like every single guy on our team where we're interested in re-signing or extending. Like, I know they've been doing it for a while, but at this this point, they're just like, I I mean, it sounds like when you hear from these young guys that we've heard from this week, Cassis and Bayo, they're immediately just disregarding that offer because they know it's not serious. I understand there's a style to negotiation. You come in kind of low, the other side comes in high, and you find something in the middle, and one person gets more their way than the other. But when you come in so low, like, do you forget your recent memory of what you did, how you basically offended Xander to the point that he's, like, in tears in media availabilities and no, decides and, to go elsewhere? And bets. I mean, they never they never really got on the same page with Mookie, but ever. And so that, to me, is the instructive one. Like, at least Bogarts at one point had a contract worked out. And at the end, it, they were far apart. And they were lowballing him, you know, uh, before his opt-out. John Lester's another one Arkham brought up. To me, and none of these players are Mookie. If they are, you're lucky. But that's the one where it's like every time they went to arbitration, they, they were never on the same page. And that feels like what they're already doing with these young players, even if they're good. Cassis and Bayo, they're already behind the eight ball on these guys. Yeah, like, okay, so you're not going to give them a comparable. And these are the ones where you're getting the discount. This is before they go and become, you know, big mega right. mega stars. This is mega what contracts. they want. This is when you try and get them, and you're lowballing them here. So you know you're not going to do it if they ever actually bust out like that, and it comes time to uh, to give them a big contract. You know that's not going to happen because you won't even do it now. It's really, it's really upsetting. Like, you can't keep lying about how it's all about building for the future and investing in the, in the youth movement and all that stuff and then have these young guys come up and you do the same thing i mean it's really it's just it's a cycle that's never going to progress anywhere no and i think that's where fans get frustrated and by the way like because i do see this rolling in on the text line people are going hey if you're not going to invest in the team why don't you drop some of the prices 
ticket prices, concession prices. They're never going to do that. But on top of that, when you look at what they're doing around the park, do you think that's going to be an experience that gets the Fenway experience gets more or less expensive yeah, as course. time goes on? Of course, the prices are going to go up. And so what I think what I think fans get frustrated with is there's just there's no end in sight. Like if you just told the fans, hey, in 20, we're, we're going to rebuild for two years and that's just what we're doing. And we'll start spending again this time and we're going to lock up our young talent and you got to say it and then you got to follow through on it. I think if fans could see a light at the end of the tunnel, there would be a little more hope. And Isn't can, that why they signed Rafi? Well, I mean, ideally, but then what have they done since then? I think that's, but when we go back to, we were talking about this last week, Arkham brought it up. Why'd they do that contract? It makes no sense. You're going to be wasting Devers' prime years here because you're not spending on anything else around him whatsoever. I think it's like just to throw a bone to fans and make it look like there is some kind of light. Turns out the light's just a train. Like run the other way. Got to sell somebody's jersey, you know. Like honestly, like that's I think that's what that was all about. No, because they're not doing anything to surround. I mean, these are his prime years. You're it right. got people off their backs for a short period of time, just like firing high and bloom. Got people off their backs for a short period of time, but like at some point, you got to deal with all this, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's what's really frustrating for fans. And when you hear Tristan Cassis say, "Nah, I'm good," uh, you know, and Brian Bayo says, "Talk to me when you have a good offer." They're not close. And by the way, they're making a documentary with Netflix oh through all point. this. Like, are they going to just have guys on their phones being like, yeah, that's it. No, you know what? Call me another time. Here's what Tomasi wrote today at NBC Sports Boston. He said, if nothing else, Netflix just signed up for one hell of a soap opera, mm. which I think is true. Now, how much of it are we going to actually see? I have no idea. As we found out with the Travis Kelsey stuff from NFL Films, that's never going to see the light of day. Like, that's we're never going to hear that, apparently. So they can cut whatever they want. But there's going to be a lot of material there. How many on-screen trade requ- requests are there going to be? <laughs> like, how many different players are going to it, demand a trade? It's it. going to be it's going to be like <laughs> the end of Rudy, where they all come in and they lay down their see-through pants. <laughs> <laughs> it can get so ugly. We said this yesterday, and not just from the fans, but like from the actual particulars on the team. Jansen's already pissed. Devers is already pissed. Cora's already talking through gritted teeth, and they haven't even started losing yet. Like, wait, wait till they start losing. Because it's coming. 617-779-7937. You can vote in our big question of the day up now. At Jones and Mega, are the Red Sox worthy of your time this year? We know the answer, uh, but I want to see how high that number can go. Just to, just to relay that back to ownership, uh, if you want to send him a message, feel free to do so. Here on the phones, we will get to Gerard Mayo. Uh, he is going to speak at 3 o'clock, roughly. So we'll hear from him for the first time since, uh, well, Alex Van Pelt has been hired. Ben McAdoo. Hopefully we get an explanation on what's going on, why these guys were brought in, what's the direction for the Patriots this offseason. That comes your way at the top of the hour. I do want to get into the Celtics, some comments from Jason Tatum in a one-on-one interview with Malika Andrews at ESPN. As championship or bust for Jason Tatum and the Celtics this year. We'll get to that with your phone calls next. Some things we just can't talk about. We're not going to be talking about sodomy. It's Jones and Mako. So I went down this rabbit hole. Ooh, tough transition. On WEEI. Who do you think is the best player in the NBA right now? Uh, myself. Is that, have you always had that kind of confidence? Because I don't, I asked you that question a year ago and you said it was Giannis. So what's given you that confidence? I got a lot of respect for a lot of guys in the league. Yeah. Giannis for sure. Um, Jokic, obviously he just won. MB, guys that won MVPs. Then uh, the list goes on. It's, the league is in a great place. Um. Uh, I think, you know, the things that I've been through, 
um, just through my career, things that I've accomplished, and yet, you know, I haven't got the ultimate championship. Uh, I truly do believe every time I step on the floor, I'm the best player. Okay, so this is separate from Tatum winning the MVP. Voting will be there before he wins a championship. So you can be the most valuable player and not be the the best player in the sport. I mean, I think that was Embiid last year, right? Who feels Embiid is truly the best player in the sport? Maybe he had the best year, but is he the best player in the sport? No. And, you know, maybe people would feel that way. No, it's the fat boy. (laughs) Like, maybe people would feel that way about Tatum, too. But you got to win. You have to win. To really be considered that next guy, you have to win. And so... I got self-evident, and there's nothing Tatum can do about that right now in the middle of February, but that is hanging over his head. And it's Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We have uh, Gerard Mayo's press conference scheduled for 3 o'clock. I want to play you at least some of that live because I'm curious what he has to say. Why is Van Pelt the guy on offense along with Ben McAdoo? What's the plan for this offseason? Has he watched the first couple episodes of the Dynasty? Like, I, I want to hear some of this stuff, whatever he's asked, at 3 o'clock. So we'll play that for you live. But on the Celtics, Mego, we said the other they at least have to get to the NBA Finals and to be considered the best player in the sport, which Tatum wasn't even saying about himself last year, apparently, when he sat down with Malika Andrews. They have to win. And I was looking at uh, just a random ESPN story, Kevin Pelton today. He tiered off the, the different teams throughout the league. The Celtics were on their own tier. Tier one, the favorite, plus 260 at ESPN bet if you care. He says, Boston is putting together an all-time regular season. The Celtics are threatening to become just the 13th team in NBA history to outscore opponents by 10 or more points per game. And at one time, that was all but assuring of a title, you know, through Golden State doing it in 2015. Uh, Ironically, that hasn't really held true. Uh, The Warriors went back, the Spurs, the Bucks, those teams all got knocked off despite that scoring margin. But traditionally, throughout NBA history, that's going to been a good barometer for predicting future success championships tier two uh you have the nuggets the clippers and somehow still the bucks i don't know how the bucks are still on that list tier three you get to cleveland minnesota new york oklahoma city the sixers and phoenix and like some of the teams that are the highest uh, or have the best record out west okc minnesota those teams are pretty far down and so let's boil it down to the top two tiers the celtics by themselves denver the clippers and the bucks win maybe you will be considered the best player in the sport but if you don't we're going to look at you as you know a guy who still hasn't gotten over the hump and a guy whose clock is ticking i saw a lot of debate about this around yesterday about if tatum can be the next face of the nba after lebron retires and i feel like that's kind of what we're dancing around this year i just don't think it's it's not Tatum's year for MVP. I've said that before. And also, what happens if the Celtics do win? Like, what do you think the narrative will be then? Do you think it'll be Jason Tatum put this team on his back and took them through the finals? Yeah. You do? Yes. I don't think so. I mean, that's how we generally talk about those teams. That is how we generally talk about those teams. But this is such a different team in that I really do think that it's all about the starting five. And that might be unfair to Tatum. They only have one other all-star. Like, I mean, we act like this team is just Right, and have, okay, but Jones, how much did you hear Celtics fans and people bitch about Derek White and Porzingis not being in the all-star weekend? Yeah, but I'm just telling you, I mean, 
we act like it's an embarrassment of talent. They had two all-stars. There were a bunch of teams with two all-stars. Absolutely. So, so I think, yes. The Knicks have two all-stars. Yeah, my answer is, yeah, we're going to talk about it like Tatum carried him. Because that that's how I think they're going to win. He's going to have to elevate. I think he is going to have to elevate. He has elevated this season. Like, his points per game are not exactly where they were last year or the second half of that year with Ime Odoka, but he is having the best, the most efficient season that he's ever had. And I think he's doing a lot of other stuff with creation and ball movement and all this stuff that people don't really care about, uh, but that I care about, that I where I think he's at his best. I just think Tatum's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 next month. He's in his seventh year in the league. It's, he talks about it like it's still very early days. And I happen to kind of agree with him. Like, he's got to win, certainly, before he's considered the best player or the face of the league or anything that you want to say that way. He's got to win, but I still think it's going to take a little more than that because he has such a supporting staff around him. I'm not saying he has to go out there and, like, do it without Jalen Brown or do it completely on his own, but he's certainly got to win first. Like you said, he can't do anything about it right now, and then we'll go from there and see, like, what he does to prove that he's better than Giannis, he's better than Jokic, he's better than some of these other guys who I think are outwardly just have this, like, freaky nature about them because they're either huge or they do something that other guys don't do. Tatum's an all-around fantastic player. Yeah, and I just disagree that it's early because, and you you sent us some names on this, but we've done this before, Arkan. You know, Magic and Bird won right away. Kobe had Shaq, won right away. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan won right away. You know, so there's just, there's a lot of guys, like, yeah, Jokic took a while and Giannis took a while and LeBron took a while. There's a lot of guys who broke through and won right away. It's not impossible. So there's no reason to wait. And... I do believe if he breaks through and wins, and the Celtics should win, if he breaks through and wins, it, we're going to look at it like it's his league. I mean, I feel like that's how we talked about Jokic this offseason, and now maybe we're moving off of him too quickly. Yeah, but Jokic was like, Jokic and Murray, wow, what an incredible duo. But it Why was can't you have a duo that's like that? But is that how we talk about it, or do we talk about Jokic? We talked about that duo in the playoffs, yes. I mean... In the finals. we I, were we, The conversation we had is like, why can't Jason and Jalen play like Jokic and Murray? Sure, but... I don't feel like that was the dominant conversation. The dominant conversation is, is Jokic now uh, backing up the MVPs right. and is he the best player in the sport? Like, I feel like that was the dominant con- We did talk about it those is, things. It is, but it, that also switched from Giannis really quickly. I mean, the, in the last five years, only three people won the MVP. It was Giannis twice, Jokic twice, and Embiid. So, like, the Giannis is taking over for LeBron conversation kind of abruptly stopped there, and then it was sort of Jokic is the new guy, and then Tatum's going to be the new guy. This is all within a five-year stretch. It's rare to see that, uh, to see so many guys repeat as, uh, MVP or even then to uh, to sort of come out as like the new face of the league. I think in terms of Tatum and the MVP, the two best arguments for him is that he's the best player on the best team and it may be his turn. But statistically, there's not really a great argument for it. There's not a great argument for Tatum to be the MVP. It's those other things. Yeah, I mean, but you act like his stats are bad. They're not bad. They're just they're not, not as good as Doncic. I mean, they're, you know, Doncic has better numbers. Uh, you know, Jokic definitely has better numbers. Giannis has better numbers. Uh, Doncic hasn't beaten, like, every single stat category. So, you know, if you want to go by the stats, then Tatum's are up there. He should be considered. But if he's really the MVP, it's going to have to be for those other reasons. Well, could you think of it like this? If you were to remove, like, the top five MVP candidates from their teams, like, if they had to miss 10 games, how much of a drop-off do you think there would be? Because to Megos point on the starting five I feel like if Tatum had to miss a stretch 
I think that Celtics would would probably be okay as opposed to I've seen the Nuggets play without Nikola Jokic. It is a completely different team. I don't think the Thunder have the same success if Shea Gilgis Alexander is doing right. what he's doing. But we've we've talked about this before, so that's one so way to talk saying, about that it. That could hurt him in, in the eyes of of the MVP vote. Fine, but let me flip it around. What if you flip put it. Tatum on OKC? Are they better? Tatum on OKC, yeah. I think so, too. If you put Tatum on Minnesota and swapped out you know you know, for that, SGA. I think that really bothers Tatum. When you hear him talk, like, they, we've heard a couple of these interviews now around All-Star Weekend and with Malika Andrews where he's talking about uh, his position in this MVP voting and as the face of the league and this other stuff, and he sounds very hesitant to say, yeah, last year I said it was Giannis, but this year it's myself. Like, it, I don't know. It, but then where you get him heated is when he's like, well, I guess because I was in the finals two years ago and that wasn't good right. enough for you guys, that you're going to go decorate SGA because he's putting up 31 a night on OKC. Like, I guess you love that guy already. And you love Luca, who's never been in the finals. Like, cool. And I'm like, okay, so take a little bit of that edge. If we combine that with how you feel about every other ref, in the league, like, I think then, yes, Tatum will be the face of the league for how angry he plays in the finals. I just, I, look, maybe I'm way off on this. If the Celtics win, I don't think we're going to be like, wow, what a great team. I mean, we might talk about that locally, and we'll, we'll give more players props okay, than just Tatum. Personally, I think that's, and I love Tatum, and I do think he's far and away the best player on the team, and he should be a top three player in the league. I think I will look at it as... This is this was the best team. He needed this to win. That's what I'm going to think. See, yeah. me too. I, but he's gonna be, young. He's young also. It's going to be more Tatum-centric, I think. You know, and he has a good team around him. There's no denying that. They are a good team. They're, they're the best, most talented team in the league. But I think they were last year. And I think they might have been the year before that. And so now you sit here, and what would what would the difference be? My feeling is it's Tatum. Like, unless he has an awful NBA Finals and they win in spite of him, which they could have done a you couple of years ago. think the difference is going to be Tatum? The difference isn't going to be switching. Look, Tatum, I think, has elevated his game. I said that before. You don't think the difference is going to be adding Drew Holiday and no. Porzingis? If Tatum continues to disappear, they won't win. If Tatum disappears in the finals, like, like I just laid out a scenario where if that happened, but I don't believe they'll win if that happens. If Tatum goes invisible again in the finals, they won't win. They can have a million Drew Holidays. They won't win. 617-779. buy you a million, George Michaels. 7937. <laughs> we'll get to your feedback coming up. And we have Gerard Mayo about to hit the podium down in Foxborough. Let's hear what he has to say about the Patriots, their offseason, their coaching hires. That's next. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 